Are you ready to build a business with consistent income and have time left to spend with your family? In Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, you will learn the strategies to create exactly what you want in your business and in your life. Now, here's your host, Kathleen Reeson. Hello. Welcome to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson. I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson. And today we're talking about turning your ideas into a business. And today we're going to explore how do you grow an idea into a profitable, scalable business. And before we get into that topic, one of the things that I get to talk about is that as a business owner, as somebody who is a <laughs> controller driver, you know, really uh, gets, I see it and I create it. As that person, which I imagine if you're listening, you're that person too, then our biggest stretch is vulnerability. Our biggest stretch is in the space of vulnerability. And that is really opening up that intimacy space. And I'm not talking about like in a, a husband, wife, or wife, wife, whatever that looks like. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like truly intimacy into me, you see. So everyone around you, into me, you see. That space and how comfortable we either are or aren't with the people around us. Because if we want to turn our ideas into business, we've got to master intimacy and vulnerability. So this last week, since I came to you last week, has been a crazy week. Like, if I would have said at the end of the last show, if I would have called forward what was going to happen this week, clearly I did. That's my belief. I call forward. I'm sourced. We could talk all about that. I never would have predicted what happened. And so I'm going to be, I get to be vulnerable and share it with you. And as a business coach, I, there's a lot that I've moved through on here. And so I, well, up until last week, it, my husband, and I, I'm a business coach. So you, you know what I do here. I offer this radio show and podcast. I have Profit Launch Club. I'm working at the course. Uh, I, I'm a business coach. And I love that. Seeing people take an idea and move it into a business lights me up because I see what's possible. I see what's possible. And in that space, so I, I have that. And then my husband and I also have three gems and two martial arts studios. And those gems are part of a franchise. The martial arts studios we wholly own, but the gyms are part of a franchise. So when you're thinking about turning your idea into a business, a franchise is a potential way you could go. All of my other businesses in the past, okay, my, my marketing firm and the, the business coaching, those are all independent. The martial arts is independent, but we did purchase that. And the, the franchises are, are taking an idea, a business system from someone else and putting that into action. And so I didn't come up with the idea for these gyms. My husband and I saw this and thought, okay, well, we could grow this. And so that's how those started. So there's different ways to choose an idea to grow into a business. And this past week, uh, my husband and I came about a week and a half ago, we came to the conclusion that two of these really with, with COVID and everything that's happened uh, and some other scenarios involved, they weren't going to be able to, we, we no longer could carry these forward. We no longer had the space to carry them forward, the space, the, the all that stuff that it was going to require to carry this forward. We were not committed in that way anymore. And so we got to make the decision in how to move forward. And when we entered into conversations about that with the franchisor, they got terminated, totally taken off, which is not was not what we expected, uh, not what we wanted or desired or the path, but it's what we created. It's what happened. And that drew us for a loop. And we got to say, like, well, what do we want to create from here? Because it, it caused a lot of devastation and destruction, and that's not what, what we wanted. And we got to move through that. So as a business owner, there are times when 
things happen. Circumstances happen. And, and as a leader, we get to be senior to our circumstances, which means these things happen and we get to, we get to rise above them and move forward anyway. And that's what this last week has really been about for me is understanding crystal clear what my vision is. And that is to create possibility in others to create, uh, create that space from, with joy and ease. And I am, I am committed to that. And that's why step one of the five steps to growing your business uh, is vision, is vision. And so for this past week, I found myself going back to my vision more than I ever have. I have people around me that are supporting me in understanding and reminding myself saying, what is your vision? What is your vision? What is your vision? Because it's so easy to get lost in the circumstances. It's so easy to go into the victim space and really be sad. Uh, it's so easy to go into that space. And oftentimes, as entrepreneurs, it can be a lonely space. And I've been there. I mean, for years, I ran my business. I mean, I had a partner at times. When I started, I was by myself. But if you really dug down, it was lonely. I was by myself. And the thing that shifted, what I created, was that I had a community of other people around me. And now, and now, I have so many people that are willing to pour into me and remind me of what my vision is so that these circumstances, while they seem insurmountable, they support me in seeing that they are surmountable. So before we even get into the talk of what your idea is and how you can move it forward, my first question to you is who are those people around you that you're willing to open up and allow them to pour into you? That when you're in that breakdown space, when you're not seeing your vision, who are the people that you could raise your hand and you can say, look, right now I'm hurting or I'm whatever, whatever, wherever space you're in. And they don't even ask why because it doesn't matter. The why is not what's important. It's that you are there and they are committed to seeing you in your vision and they will hold you there. Who is that for you? And right now, if you're in a position where one person is not coming to mind, I hear you, I see you, I feel you, I was you. And that gets to change. And I say this from the bottom of my heart because I know right now how many people are pouring into me because I've opened my heart. That intimacy into me, you see that vulnerability, that space. Because I've allowed myself to go there, I have people that are literally lifting me up chokes me up to say this, that are lifting me up in the air and holding me high. Even because I don't want to hold myself high, right? <laughs> and they are doing it for me until I can hold myself there. And everybody gets to have that, especially if you're in entrepreneurship. Because, guys, there are things that are so far beyond our control. I mean, really, what can we control in life? I mean, what can we control? And so having that support system is critical, as we move into business ownership and what that looks like. So I encourage you that we get to be vulnerable. We get to open up and see what's going on. And I know that the future is bright. I know that what I get to create on the other side of this is everything that I've ever dreamed of and what I get to create for my family and for the people around me and for the world. I know that it's brilliant. It's bright. It's beautiful. And I invite you on that journey with me and you get to have that too. And that requires us to be vulnerable. So as somebody who's a driver and loves to create and go, 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 the flip side of that is I get to surrender and I get to be vulnerable. Okay, so this is my heart pouring into yours, sharing what I've been up to for this past week. And when we hop on next week, 
it gets to be from a space of just true vulnerability as well and brilliance and knowing that the sun still shines. Every day the sun still shines, and that's a guarantee I, that we can count on. And sometimes it's cloudy and I can't see it, but it's there, and I get to trust that it's there. Hey, so when we move in to turn your ideas into business, the thing that I want to land with you, and this is something that took me a while, and I'll share with you why, but it's that you are not your business. I am not my business. It's the most freeing words when we, when we truly embody this. I am not my business. You are not your business. And if we're not our business, who are we? And that is the million-dollar question. That is what we as entrepreneurs get to understand because when we understand solidly who we are, our businesses get to follow that. Our businesses get to be the life of their own. They get to breathe on their own. And we get to support them and love them. So when we talk about creating an idea and turning it into a business, it's like a birthing. So for those of you that are parents, or or aunts or uncles or you've been around even anybody that that you've seen the birthing process that is what it's like to create a business you grow it you ha- you nurture it and then you push it out into the world you you literally push it out of your body just like a baby you push it out it is you you let it stand in the world and you get to assist it and love it and and support it but it is not you We are not our children. The business is not you. And so we get to be separate from the business. And how that played out, in my first few years of business, you guys, I judged myself based on how I perceived the business was doing. I judged myself based on how I perceived the business was doing. So so if the business made money, a, a level of money that I was okay with, then I felt great. Kathleen was great. Kathleen was on fire. And on the months when that business did not do as well as I perceived it to be doing, then Kathleen was not great. Kathleen was a failure. You hear that difference? So I placed my success, my my perception of myself, based on something outside of me. Based on something outside of me. And so then people, this is how we're conditioned. They would say to me, like I go to a networking event. Or a friend would call me up and they'd say, How's, how are you? And I would respond based on how I thought my business was. Not like, I have a beautiful baby because at the time, when I first started my business, I, I was six months pregnant. So, you know, give yourself a year. I've got a, a nine month old. So I wasn't like, wow, you know what? Uh, my baby is healthy and beautiful. It was like, well, this business isn't where I want it to be or it is where I want it to be. And that's how I would respond. And it took me many, many years. Like, well, you know, in the in the first business, it was about three years before when that business really started to just take a life of its own uh, and be a life of its own, where the income was consistent. Uh, we had employees. It was really where I envisioned it would be. Then I released that and said, "Yeah, we're doing well. We're doing well." But it took that that shift where I could determine success. I was chasing success. Until I finally said, huh, maybe this business isn't me. Maybe this business isn't me. And when I finally released that, it was freedom, the freedom that I really wanted. And then, you know, fast forward many years, when I went to go sell that business, I couldn't imagine life after that. It was a really challenging time to think about that business without me. And I'll tell you what, the day I, the day I walked away, the day I sold it, 
was freedom as well. It wasn't about uh, that business. And I got to really understand that. So this is a lesson that I've tied throughout my, my business career of saying, I am not my business. And I am not a job. Okay, so for those of you that are in jobs right now thinking about a business, you are not your job either. Okay, if you're an auditor, if you're a uh, – no jobs are coming to me right now. Isn't that funny? Okay, an architect. It doesn't matter what your job is. You're not your job. You're not your business. And so this is this philosophy of who are we. So as we think about turning an idea into business, the, the first step and what's most important is understanding that that idea is aligned to a vision. So any idea could be monetized, okay? I say that, I, you know, <laughs> there's obviously ones that are easier to monetize than others. We'll get into that. But any idea can be monetized. Guys, I told you in an earlier episode about the lady that made door hangings, makes door hangings. She's a million-dollar business on making door hangings. So wreaths that hang on your doors, she decided to support people that wanted to make these wreaths. So she'd hang them on their door, but each month you could make a new wreath, and it was, you know, it's like some membership package $30 a month to be a part of this wreath creation experience, and she's going to get on a million-dollar business. Okay, but that lady, she's not her business. But she's got an idea that she loves, that she birthed, that she created, that she breathes fire into every day, that she keeps it moving. Yes, it's amazing, but she is not her business. She is a woman, maybe a mom. I don't know anything else about her, but I know that she had an idea that aligned with what she wanted to create, and she went for it. She went for it. And so what we get to create next is what your idea is that you get to breathe life into, that you get to create into a business. What's your idea that you get to breathe life into? So when we, we're going to go on a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to talk about how we actually, once we have this idea, how do we vet it? How do we decide what's next to breathe life into, to bring it into the world? I'll share some of the experiences and how I've decided to do this, and even when I didn't know what was next, how we move forward anyway, how we move forward anyway. Okay, guys, we're going to go on a quick break. You're listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson. We will be back soon. Building a business is a lot like baking a cake. There are certain ingredients that can't be missed. By listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, you will learn the five key steps that every great business utilizes. You will hear from successful entrepreneurs that will share what works and what doesn't work in their businesses. You will have an opportunity to ask questions so you can apply these steps directly to your business. Host and business coach Kathleen Reeson built seven successful businesses while raising three boys, volunteering extensively, and having some time left for her husband and herself. Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Neeson, and she will show you how you can build the business and the life you dream of, too. Are you ready? Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Neeson Radio Show every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. 
Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reese. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. Now, back to the program. Hello, and welcome back to Profit Lunch with Kathleen Reeson on Inspired Choices Network. I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson. Before we went on break, we were talking about what is required to be a business owner and to birth an idea into the world, and it's vulnerability and intimacy, the intimacy you see. So I shared a little bit about this past week and what's been going on for us, and uh, really about how we move forward from an idea into a business. So let's look into that. Okay, so the ideas. How do you know if your idea that you have is really uh, is a good one? It's going to be a, a great business. And there's a couple different concepts, but one of my favorites is where we get to look is what is everyone else doing? Okay, what is everyone else doing? So if we look at right now, let's just take one that I, that I know because we studied it. So you look at physical gyms right now, physical fitness centers, you've got all kinds of physical footprints, okay, all these businesses that are in the physical space. And right now with, with COVID, everything has been going on, we've got into a virtual space. So the virtual space is where we can really reach out to consumers. And we know that consumers, there's some right now that are okay going back into a physical space and many that aren't. And so the rise of uh virtual services has, has increased dramatically. And so things like Peloton and uh, th- that, if you looked at the, the good books, that hadn't even been financial, financially profitable for many years. And this year they were predicted, aside from you know, COVID, they were predicted to hit their first year of real profitability. And now, of course, they are in a much better position because that's where the market turned. So when we think about where is everyone, where's the market going Okay, we don't want to look at what's there right now because all the people that are there right now, that's a crowded market. And we want to go where it's not crowded. So you want to look forward to where you envision that the market's going and you want to go down the road and you want to build a business to that space. If we build a business to what's right now, you will, there won't be a lot to serve. So we want to go down the road and we want to build to that point. Okay, so when I went in, uh, so I ran my marketing firm for 10 years, and what I saw was that my passion, my vision was shifting from uh, help supporting people from a mechanism perspective, like marketing, to to supporting from a bigger picture, from the intention perspective, which would be the, the business coaching. And when I saw that shift, I had a choice. The business could either become that or I could create another one. And I chose to create a, another business that would support that. Okay, so I went back, I went out into the future and said, what is it that people really need? Okay, they need business coaching. And even at the point, if you would have asked me, I said, okay, uh, I don't know exactly what this is going to look like. I don't know the mechanism, but I know what the intention is. I know why I'm serving, what they want. I just don't know the how. And so I move forward on an intention. Some people will do that. Some businesses will have it all detailed out. They'll know exactly how. You've seen the beautiful business plans, and I've written them. They're great. Uh, but basically what that's doing is saying, this is who I'm going to serve. This is how I'm going to serve them. And a lot of times business plans are written in a way where they're not tested. Okay, They're not tested. So then you get this beautiful business plan, and then you start testing it. Okay, that's when you're actually in the motion, the business is growing. So you said, here are all my assumptions, and now I want to move forward. 
And so what I'm encouraging you to do is first say, where's the hole that I want to fill? So for me, when I started Profit Launch Club, you can see it at ProfitLaunchClub.com, I remember back when I started my entrepreneurship. Remember how I just told you in the first part of this this episode today that it's a, it was a lonely space. I really wasn't around other entrepreneurs. There really wasn't a lot out there. And of course, there's stuff out there now, but not in the respect of how do I actually grow a business? How do I put the wheels underneath the business and go? And so I knew that I got to look at this differently. And that's why I created the five steps to creating consistent income to creating six-figure-plus businesses. So that was the hole that I saw. And I got to fill that. And that's why I built Profit Launch Club around that knowing around that hole. And so what you get to think about is, what's the hole that's in front of you that you see that you want to fill? I have a friend right now who is figuring out how she's going to start a business with the intention that there are people that truly don't understand who they are. Again, remember when we went back to you are not your business? Then the question becomes, but who are you? Who are you really? And so she is developing a business around that premise of truly understanding who you are, not necessarily from a life coaching perspective, but she's approaching it more from a spiritual perspective. I have a great friend who is got a business right now that's that's focused on the crossroads. You can actually hear her radio show, uh, The Crossroads to Awakening, here at 2 p.m. Eastern on Inspired Choices Network. And Wendy Paquette, she talks about the crossroads. So we all know that crossroads space of mm, where do I go next? Where do I go next? And so you know, you're sitting at that Y intersection, and maybe you don't even know what the axis of the Y looks like. You just know you're sitting at that point where something's going to shift, but you don't know what it is. And so she saw that. She saw the whole of the people at that point not knowing what's next, and she created the business around that. So she's got the Crossroads to Awakening Radio Show. She's got the Crossroads Academy, which is where you can go and really learn how to move forward in that space. So she's got both of those points to call forward people that are in that space. And then once they self-identify, yes, that's me, they hop into her community and she can serve them. So it's a great business model where she saw the whole, both of those people that I referenced, they saw the whole and they built from that perspective. The mechanism of how or what we're going to create comes second to understanding the intention that we're going to fill, the hole that we're going to fill, why that business is going to exist, why that business is going to exist. So when you're thinking about this, is my idea going to work? Is my idea going to work? It's a question I hear a lot. And I'll tell you, I've had, I have, you know, a million ideas a day and there's probably only one, not even one, you know, one a week that I move forward. Uh, you should see my to-do list here. By the way, I put little boxes next to my to-do list so I can cross them off because, you know, a lot of them, they're just ideas. And if it's just an idea, I don't even put a box next to it, but I don't want to forget it. And so this is, you think about the mind of an entrepreneur. Uh, it's, a, it's a crazy and a, a great thing, but we get to manage it and we get to understand what gets to move forward and what doesn't. So when we have an idea, when we see that hole, how do we know whether it's going to work or not? And that the question that I ask myself is, who would want to buy that? Who would want to buy that? So just as the five steps, I, you know, we've got vision, target audience, offer, enrollment, and this is a sales piece, and scale, just as those are the five steps to growing a business, you can also vet an idea through that. So you can say, okay, if this is the idea, who's going to buy it? 
So target audience, who's going to buy it? So you get an idea of who that is. And then you go to offer, well, what would I sell them? Like, let's just play. Okay. And that's all we're doing right now when we're betting an idea. We're just playing. Who would want to buy that? Okay. What would they buy? All right. Got it. Now, how would I sell that? Okay. What kind of price would I put around it? Who would, how would that conversation go? And then could I scale this? Could I scale this? And that's oftentimes where the businesses, when we're talking about ideas that go into businesses, that's that fifth step, that scale, is often where we turn out and say, nope, stop the brakes. Can we scale this in, in what we consider reasonable? Okay, so if I've got a business, uh, let's say it is, mm, I love making, I've been making peace poles. You guys, you know what those are? They're like wooden uh two by fours, they're a piece of wood, and you can put them in your garden, and it's a, it's a creative outlet for me. So I've made one for my mom, I've made one for me, I'm making one for my mother-in-law right now, I make peace poles. Now, these take me, oh, probably 15 hours by the time I they come out of my mind from a creation perspective, and then they're hatched onto the wood, and then they're painted, and so they're, they're beautiful when they're done, but it's about 15 hours worth of work, okay? And uh, yeah, they're fun. So let's just say a friend came to me and said, I think you could go into business with these. Would you make me one? Now I get to decide, is this a one-off or is this something that I would really want to create, want to continue doing? Well, I know that I just do it for my creative outlet. And what kind of price could I put on these? Let's even just say, for sake of fun, let's say I could, a friend would be willing to pay me $100 for this peaceful. Okay, so if, we, if I'm going to be willing to pay $100, I'm getting $100 and I put 15 hours into it, Okay, I'm going to make $6.67 an hour. That's like kind of, oh, plus I got material costs in there. So I got to buy my wood and I got to buy my paint. So really, I'm probably making like $4 an hour. This is really not a scalable business. I mean, yes, if I bought, I could buy my wood in bulk. I could buy my paint in bulk. So that would cut down the cost. And maybe I could get my hourly rate up to like 7 or $8. But that's not really scalable. I would have to outsource that somewhere, and then what am I really, really doing? I'd, I'd have to create a big production, huge production. And so what typically happens is these the ideas that we have, like I said, I have about a million a day. We run it through these five steps, the five steps to grow a business, and we realize that in the scale portion, mm, is that really what I want to do? Okay, so that's one example. But I have a lot of people that I work with that are running creative firms. Okay, so uh, let's just take an advertising agency. And they are, they start as a solopreneur. And so as a consultant, and they've got a client, and they say, okay, could I offer these services? And when we get to the scale portion, absolutely. Because their, their hourly rate could go up, their services, their packages could go up, they could hire other people, which would, uh, in the beginning, it increases your profit margin, or it decreases your profit margin, but over time, it'll increase your profit margin. So there's absolutely scale in that. Okay, so we can see that the potential to scale it. And there are some people that say, I only ever want to be a solopreneur consultant or a solopreneur coach. And that's okay, too, because we can scale that. So the difference between product and service. Now, can you have a product that's scalable, a product that is scalable? And my answer is absolutely, absolutely you can. Okay, there is a, a wonder, <laughs> one of my favorite uh, dessert companies, it's a, it's a cookie company. And so they just, they sell cookies, but they don't have a storefront. They actually, it's all online ordering. And then they bring the cookies to you, warm cookies with milk. So good. And so I had a friend who worked with this company and he created a custom oven 
for this company, a custom oven box. And so when you got your cookies, you got this awesome oven box. And when you opened up the oven door, then the cookies would come out and they were all warm and you know, it came with your jug of milk. And it's was, it was great. It was brilliant. And now because of the packaging, the pricing went up dramatically. So now I've got some cost of goods of my goods, my cookies. I've got the cost for the box. I've got the delivery cost. I've got the chef that made the cookies. So I've got the ingredients cost. So I've got some costs in there. But let's just say that like those, I believe it's $20 for a dozen cookies. Now, they're worth it. They're really good. But $20 for a dozen cookies. And then, of course, I've, I've got to get my half gallon of milk here because i got to have my milk and cookies. So now I'm paying probably $25 for these cookies. So the profit margin on it's pretty significant. And really, it's a recipe. So they can hire a chef to make multiple. So we've got a, a lot of scalability here. Okay, But the key was this company took their idea they branded it, and the branding increased their ticket price, which meant now it could be scalable. Okay, so it's beautiful. There are all kinds of ideas that we can create and turn into businesses, and it's just little tweaks, like the cookie company creating this custom oven that can scale this business. And oftentimes we get stuck in our own heads. We're like, oh, I have this idea, but I don't know what to do with it. And the truth, the answer is all around us. The answer is in the people around us. They understand what our idea is and where we get to go. And remember that first part that we were talking about, being vulnerable and opening up? Yeah, we get to do that. And a lot of times, we're, we're, especially as entrepreneurs, like, oh, I don't want to tell anybody my idea because what if they steal it? And then is that idea really ours? That's the question we have to ask ourselves. So we're going to go take a quick break. When we get back... We're going to talk about once we know we have an idea that's going to go, what's the next step? What's the next step? So you are listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson on Inspired Choices Network. We'll be back after this quick break. Building a business is a lot like baking a cake. There are certain ingredients that can't be missed. By listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, you will learn the five key steps that every great business utilizes. You will hear from successful entrepreneurs that will share what works and what doesn't work in their businesses. You will have an opportunity to ask questions so you can apply these steps directly to your business. Host and business coach Kathleen Reeson built seven successful businesses while raising three boys, volunteering extensively, and having some time left for her husband and herself. Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, and she will show you how you can build the business and the life you dream of, too. Are you ready? Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson Radio Show every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. Now, back to the program. Hello, and welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson on Inspired Choices Network. I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson, and we have been talking about ideas and turning them into profitable, scalable businesses. And right before we went on break, we were talking about how we know whether an idea is a go, how we move it forward. And the answer is that it's the exact same process as the five steps to creating your business, exact same process. So this is the five steps that we've created. We, we talk about these here on the show. We also talk about them in Profit Launch 
Club. That's a club that I run that is a great place if you love this topic or any of the others that we talk about on Profit Launch. Go join Profit Launch Club and let's grow your business together. Those five steps, they are vision, target audience, offer, enrollment, and scale. Okay, Those are all five steps. And so when you're thinking about an idea, you can also vet it through that process. So Christine, she says, I love making butter tarts. They're amazing. And she's been told she should sell them, but there's no way I wouldn't want anyone else to make them. And I was never going to work that much. Yes. Okay. Thank you for sharing that, Christine. That's absolutely. So so you love making butter tarts and maybe there's something that you don't sell. Maybe they don't have to be a business. Uh, What we talked about prior to the break was what happens when you have an idea and you ask people about it and then they steal it. Okay, they steal it. So I'm going to repeat these steps that the that we go through again for the process and then we're going to answer that question of what do you do if you share your idea and other people have other intentions. So the steps if you're looking at vetting your idea, you go through vision, target audience, offer, enrollment, which is the sales piece, and the scale. Okay, so you can look at them first and say, from a vision perspective, is this idea aligned with my vision? So in the case of Christine and her butter tarts, is this idea aligned with my vision? Yes, if your vision is that you want to create a space of joy and, you know, the butter tarts bring joy. I'm sure they're wonderful. I really want to try these now. Okay, so they could be aligned with our vision. And then the target audience, who would buy them? So we know, let's say that the butter tarts are, Christine, who loves your butter tarts? Like little like kids, moms. She's saying, yes, I love watching people's face when they eat them. Yes, so it brings her joy and it brings other people as well. So so think about that. If, uh, Christine, let's say who everyone loves them. Okay, she's saying everyone loves the butter tarts. So, so we've got a wide audience there and we could even narrow that down. So yes, we could meet the target audience requirement. Then let's go into offer. Okay, so we could package these and we could sell the butter tarts. You could sell them frozen before they've made them. You could sell them in a lot of different ways. So there are lots of ways that we could offer it. And then it comes down to price point because that would be in our offer. So Christine, how much do you think you could offer your butter tarts for? What do you think, what price point would you want to put on these? So it could be a low price point. It could be a high price point. So if we think about what that price point is, let's say, okay, $5 a piece, she's saying. So if we, if you, if you guys have any questions, hop on into the chat room or call in and we can definitely talk about yours, your business idea as well. So Christine's saying for $5 a piece, we could sell these butter tarts. All right. So got it. And, and Christine, you know, think about how much cost, just pure cost, do you spend on product to produce the $5 a piece butter tart? So we talk about 50 cents. A dollar, there's price, there's some kind of operating cost. So 50 cents to make this $5. And how long does it take you? How many hours or minutes does it take you to produce a butter tart? Okay, so she's at, right now, just before her actual time, she's at a $4.50 profit margin. But now she's got to put her time in it. Okay, so it takes her one hour to produce one butter tart. So she's making Without any marketing, she's making $4.50 an hour. So she could hire someone to work on that. There's certainly a scalable aspect to that. And my question would be, are we making the butter tart? So is it important that we make it? Do the people want it finished 
Or do they just want it so that they could pop it in the oven and have it ready when they want it? So at what point do they want to actually buy the product? Because that might change our input. Okay, so making it by Christine. She's saying that, that her actually making it is important. Okay, so now we've got a product where we get to figure out how to increase that price point from $5 to something more like 15 or 20 So remember we were talking about the, the actual uh, bakery box that these cookies were delivered in. They're just, I mean, these are a dozen cookies. Yes, they're really good cookies, but they're cool because they come in this really nice box. So there's some kind of marketing shift that Christine could create where that $5 price point could go to a $20 price point. Or Christine, so she's saying, I've given the recipe out. It does not taste the same. Absolutely, I understand that. And what about frozen? What if you made it all up and it was in a, a place where then I could stick your recipe that you've created into the oven? Is that okay? Would people like that? So she gets to think about that and see where there's at. But what we're really looking for is what are some of the other ways that we can create this product. So her answer is not sure. Okay, so that might be one. So where the actual dough and making that process may take 15 minutes. All right, so now we've cut our hourly time commitment in quarter. So for that same hour of time, we can actually produce four butter tarts. And so now if our price point, we produce something that's frozen. I've seen the fundraisers that offer frozen bread doughs for, and these are not necessarily the same thing, but that that has somewhere between an eight and an eleven dollar price tag on it. I've seen them at the store. Uh, again, not the exact same thing, but something of a similar, where it would be uh, between about ten and twelve dollars. So something that's homemade from Christine. What if that could garner a twenty dollar price point? And so now she's got her. 50 cents of product in it. So now she's at $19.50. And now she's got the person that's going to produce these materials, even if it's her or if she's hiring somebody, whatever that looks like, she's producing it. Now it's frozen and delivered to them or it's baked fresh. We can look at that. But now we've got a price point difference there. We, we have a profit margin that we can actually work with. Okay? So that is how we take an idea and we vetted it through the steps. Okay, so we say, who would buy it? Why would they want to buy it? And then can we scale it? Well, sure, we absolutely could scale it. Okay, we absolutely could scale this idea. And so that's how we could take a product idea. And when we, when we look at it just from the constraints that we currently have, it doesn't seem very profitable. But when we shift it a little bit, when we open up and say, but what is possible? How could this work? It absolutely could. So a lot of people, they get into this space of, okay, I have this idea for the butter tart, but then they say, if I tell people that I'm going to make this butter tart, they might steal my idea. And that's a real possibility. They absolutely could. And, Christine, you know that your butter tart recipe, if somebody stole it, what would happen? And they they duplicated the butter tart recipe. It would now be their butter tart recipe, but it would have their own spin on it. And so one of the things about competition and uh, some people are really worried, and, and so they get legal protection, and that's absolutely a way that you could do that. And I've always taken the approach that I'd rather be first to market. There will absolutely always be people that will follow. They will always have their own spinoff. They will always create what they want. But I want to be first to market, and I want to move forward, and I'm going to look at copycats as flattery. I'm going to look at copycats as flattery. 
Okay, so I can either choose to look back or I can choose to look forward. And so I've chosen to look forward. And so in this case, being open about our ideas and what we want to get to, vet them to say, hey, what do you think about this? I knew a guy who wanted to create an asset uh, protection service. So basically wanted to walk around your house and record everything that you had in case there was a fire or a robbery. You would have a record of everything you had. Great idea. And he didn't want to share anything about the idea, even though I'm a business coach, I can support in the growth of this, but he, he didn't want to be open about it In didn't want to trust people that they wouldn't steal the idea. Now, I said, I have no desire to steal your idea, but you know, he doesn't know that, and that's okay. And so he had me sign an, uh, a non-disclosure, and so now I can talk about it. He's not moving forward with the idea. But he had me sign a non-disclosure to, uh, to see so that he could share this idea and create that comfort for him. And the reality is he didn't even have to discuss the idea to know if it would be great. So, look, let me ask you, if can you recall everything that's in your house right now, every single asset that you have, anything that's important to you? Do you have it documented? Do you know about it? So if somebody came in and, talk and, and took it, would you know enough to be able to get it replaced through your insurance? And if your answer is no, which that's what mine would be, if your answer is no, then my question would be, was it important to you? And if you say yes, I say, okay, well, are you willing to pay to have a service that would address that for you? And if your answer is yes, I could even dig down to how much you'd be willing to pay. Now, I haven't told you any of the details about what I want to create yet and how I'm going to bring a video camera in, the specifics of the how. I haven't told you any of that. But now I know that people are willing to pay because there's a need for the service, and now I see the whole. Where is the whole? People have no idea about the assets that they have. So how could they protect them because they don't even know that they, what, they don't remember that they exist? I mean, guys, I have three boys. I have a million Legos. Now, I don't know that I would necessarily record all those and keep them, but think about that. I don't know all the stuff that I have in my house. And you add it all up, you put, like, let's say, a garage sale value on them. It's not that high, but it's still important to me. There's some jewelry. There's some things that I would care about. And do I care about having somebody come through and protect those? Sure. Absolutely. Would I pay for someone to do that? And that's the clip right there. That's the question. That's the through line. That's the piece that we ask ourselves when we're talking about turning an idea into a business is saying, would I pay for this service or this product? And so when you ask people, when you open up and you say, what do you think about this idea? What you're really saying is, would you be willing to pay for a service like this? And you're going in for the whole. So do you know what's in your house right now? Do you know the assets that are in there? Is it important for you to know that? Do you have record of them? Do you want to have record of them? How much would you be willing to pay for that service? Would you be willing to pay for those services? So these kinds of questions really drill down to steps three and four, the offer and the enrollment, which is the sales, right? The offer and the enrollment. And when we vet those and we get past scale, so we know, like in the case of this asset protection, sure, they could hire somebody to go record. It's a really easy process. It's a system that could be outlined. Then it, then it can be a successful, vettable idea. And then we move forward. Okay, so then it's just about creating it. Then it's saying, okay, what's next? All right, we got the vision, we got the target audience, we got the offer, now let's go sell it. Let's go sell it. And that's the process. I, guys, it's actually 
and make it seem kind of simple here. And, and it, the, this process that we're talking about right now, turning it, once you know that it's an idea that you're going to commit to moving forward, the difference between that and actually moving forward is really slim. That's just committed action. That's just you saying, all right, I'm in, I'm in, and I'm going to move forward. And then it's about making the first sale. And the trap that I see people run into is this point right now is where they say, oh, I got to build all the fancy branding. I got to have all the branding. I got to have the logo and I got to have the website and all that. Well, do you? What do you actually need to make that first sale? Okay, we're going to go on a quick break. And when we come back, that's what we're going to talk about. What do you need to make that first sale? You are listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson on Inspired Choices Network. We're going to go on a quick break and we'll talk to you soon. Building a business is a lot like baking a cake. There are certain ingredients that can't be missed. By listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, you will learn the five key steps that every great business utilizes. You will hear from successful entrepreneurs that will share what works and what doesn't work in their businesses. You will have an opportunity to ask questions so you can apply these steps directly to your business. Host and business coach Kathleen Reeson built seven successful businesses while raising three boys, volunteering extensively, and having some time left for her husband and herself. Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, and she will show you how you can build the business and the life you dream of, too. Are you ready? Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson Radio Show every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson on Inspired Choices Network. I am your host, Kathleen Reeson, and today we've been talking about how to turn an idea into a business, a profitable, scalable business. And so we've talked about how do you vet your idea, how do you know whether it's a go, and now we're at the point of once you're to that point, once you know it's a go, what do you do? What do you need? How do you go from great idea to sale? How do you go from great idea to sale? Okay, and, and we often think, yes, we need all the branding, we need all the fancy stuff. I need to invest in this big website, and I need to, I need to really grow this business. And the reality is, to get sales number one, sale number one, you get to be you and share your vision, share your product or service, and shout it out to the world. Okay, so you just need one prospect that's willing. So remember the asset protection we talked about that's willing to pay for that service or the product. That's one person that says, yes, I care about the stuff that's in my house. No, I have no idea what's in there. Yes, I'm willing to pay for a service, and I'd like to pay for yours. And that's it. That's all you need. So there's some kind of credibility that you can create. So a simple landing page. Okay, I use I use lead pages uh, most often. I also use Wix right now. I've used Squarespace. I've used a lot of different providers for uh, websites. But right now, uh, my favorite is Wix for the actual website. Uh, but I use I use lead pages or ClickFunnels is another good one. But I use lead pages for the landing pages. And all you need is a simple landing page that shows you what you're creating. And I'll give you an example. If you there, So I have two different websites, and I'll give you an example of what this looks like. If you go to KathleenReason.com, 
KathleenReason.com, you could actually see my full website. You can see my speaking and my coaching and Profit Launch, and, and you get an idea for what I represent. But if you just go to ProfitLaunchClub.com, ProfitLaunchClub.com, what you'll come up to is just the landing page. Now, if there's a couple that are linked in there, so it looks like a mini website, but it's really just a landing page. And so, you know, the KathleenReason.com, what you see on there, that's through Wix. It's got a lot more stuff going on, and there's still a lot more to build in there. But you can start with just the landing page, just what you see at ProfitLaunchClub.com, which is built on a lead page template. And you can pull in a cart. So I've got a, a shopping cart that's in there. So if you're interested, join Profit Launch Club. We talk all about the five steps for growing your business and, and get, getting business to launch. But the whole point is I've got a, a cart that's attached to that. By cart, cart, I mean shopping cart. And that is attached through Stripe. So Stripe is a vendor that you can actually create payment systems through. So I've got that attached. And it also is attached through a customer management system. Okay, so it's a CRM, customer relationship management. It's a whole other term. And that's how I, I track. I send out emails through that system. But so I've got a lead page that's got a shopping cart on it so that I can, I can allow people to purchase. And then I've got it through my CRM so it automatically sets up that I know when they purchase. And then it can set up an automatic email saying, hey, thanks for purchasing. We'll get you involved in the Facebook group and here's the course. And so then you get all the content that is described in the lead pages. So you see, you can look at KathleenReason.com and say, oh my gosh, I've got all these different pages that I have to create and I don't have all this stuff. Or you can just create the lead page. So just go with what you have right now. And oftentimes when we look at people's ideas, like these businesses, we look at the future, we talk about where we, where other people are and we compare ourselves to them saying, well, they've got a 30 page website and I don't have that. And what I'm telling you is, you're then in that point you're comparing yourself and your business with somebody that's been playing this game for a really long time. So the game that you've been playing for you know, a day now, we've added our idea, maybe a month, we can't compare ourselves with somebody that's been playing a game for five, ten, fifteen, twenty years. Okay, so you get to start with that landing page, build out what you know, and don't worry that somebody else is further ahead in the game because they're playing a different game. They have a different idea. They're going in a different space than where you are. Okay, And that comparison trap can often hold us back and pull us out and say, our idea isn't good enough. Our idea is not going to work because this person is already creating and look how far they are and here I am. And the fact of the matter is we all started somewhere. We all started with the landing page and then we all added more to it and then we all got got our websites and our branding, and we all added layers upon layers upon layers over time. And the biggest thing that I see is that people choose to pull themselves out of the game early on in the idea stage because they think they should be further along. They think they should be further down the road. But to get started, give yourself a simple landing page and then just start talking. Just start talking. So we're just looking for one right now. We're just we're just vetting this idea. We're just looking for one buyer. Okay, so I hear a lot of people say, I gotta pull a big audience forward. I've gotta and yes, we'll get to that. But right now we're just talking about the very first customer. And for the very first customer, there are people around you right now that would buy from you. There are people around you right now that would buy from you. And so you get to think about that. Who is that person and how can I serve them? And how, what do I, what do I get to create so that I can pick up the phone and talk to them about it? So you get to put yourself in the game and say, 
where I'm at is exactly where I'm supposed to be. Where I'm at is exactly where I'm supposed to be. It's not about the person that's my, that I perceive as my competitor. Not about them. It's about where I am right now and what I get to create. When I had my advertising agency, uh, when I started it, I was comparing myself against advertising agency owners that have been around for 20 or 30 years. And I said, oh, I can't be them. And that was exactly right. I can't be them. But I got to be me. I got to be who I was and what I was great at. And so what I found was my niche in that. What I found was that it's my niche. So it's not about your competitor. It's about you and what you get to bring to the world. And that is why your ideas get to be aligned with your vision. And when they're not aligned, they're not going to work and you get to shed them. Okay, when they're not aligned, they're not going to work. They're not aligned, they're not going to work. And so that gets into the difference between force and power. We'll talk about that. I'm actually going to write that down as an episode example going forward. So we'll have that in a future episode. But nothing in force ever works. Nothing in force ever works. It's all about power. And when you're in your vision and you birth ideas into the world, business ideas from that perspective, that's when you have success. That's when you create exactly what you want. And so, guys, what I'm telling you today is that you've got in an idea in you. You've got a brilliant, beautiful idea that can be a vibrant, scalable, profitable business. And are you going to bring it out into the world? Are you going to allow that to happen? Are you going to surrender? Are you going to be vulnerable? Are you going to be intimate into me, you see? Are you going to allow others to support you? Are you going to get that idea out into the world, breathe into it, breathe life into it, create the fire in that business so that it can grow, survive without you, and just be all that it is meant to be. That's the process that we get to create. And if that's you, keep listening. I I show up every Monday in Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson to share these ideas and what's going on in the world and with me so that you can learn. And if you want to know even more, join me on Profit Launch Club. That's where we discuss all of this in more detail. So hop on into either of those. Hop on into the chat room here and let's talk about how that idea that you've been thinking about for years gets to be birthed into this world. You have a great week. I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson. Kathleen Reeson will return next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Would you like to be on the show or do you have a show idea? Go to KathleenReeson.com forward slash radio. Have a great week.